Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, a Dutch footballing great will take charge of the Solomon Islands men's national team at the Pacific Games. And we speak with the new head coach of the Fiji women's rugby league team. But first, the Pacific Games Council says it is cautiously optimistic the Northern Marianas will agree to host a truncated mini-games in 2021. As the country prioritises repairing damage caused by last October's super typhoon Yutu, Lucene Amai has signalled it wants to withdraw from hosting the event. But the council has proposed a mini-games scaled back from 12 sports to 6 at a reduced cost of $3 million US dollars. Chief Executive Andrew Minogue and Council President Vidya Lakhan met with the CNMI administration last week and Minogue says the original cost of hosting the event was their main concern. We met with the Governor on Monday and his Lieutenant Governor and had a follow-up meeting the day after where we presented some proposals to them to scale the games back and in terms of their size um, and uh, proposed some, some revenue measures as well to help cover the costs of games so you can appreciate they've had the super typhoon late last year that's recovery from that is their top priority and it's going to take a little bit of time to complete so the governor has been worried that the games as they were proposed with 12 sports across a range of venues uh, some of which need repairing uh, would be too much for them so we we've offered them a scaled back program and some other reductions in the services uh, of the uh, of the games and the athletes and so on so that we can get them down in cost to a much more what we think is affordable level so um, we've presented that uh, on Tuesday and we've given the governor and his team a month until sort of the early part of May to come back uh, to confirm that they'll go ahead or that they, they do in fact want to continue as withdrawing from hosting. So we're hopeful that uh, we've, we've offered them something that they can fit into their overall plans for recovering uh, from their typhoon and to use the games as a catalyst for that recovery as well. Is the financial element the chief concern from the, the governor and his administration? Is, is, it, is it mainly money? That's what they've, um, they've presented to us, is that the budget situation is already very tight in the CNMI. Then they've had this super typhoon and their funding and their energies have got to be prioritised in terms of the recovery and we're very sympathetic to that. So that's why we've, we've offered them uh, the ability to scale the games back and what we think is uh, 
in doing that would, would reduce the cost of the game by more than 50% and bring it right down to a level that we think is affordable, even within the context of, of the recovery efforts that they're going through, given that the games, don't forget, are still over two years away um, and a lot of the recovery, I mean, a lot of it's already been done, but in two years' time, I'd expect all of it will be done and they'd be in a position to be able to stage the event. So, uh, as I said, we've given them a month because uh, we obviously need to know fairly soon whether we're going to be in Saipan or whether we need to look for another host. And with the games coming up in Samoa and some of the the council meetings that will happen there, uh, if we do need to find another location, well, that's the time when we'd want to be able to confirm it. So we've a busy month or, or more ahead of us on that front. So initially the plan was for 12 sports to uh, be competed at 2021 yep. and what the proposal now is for six. What, yep. what, 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 what is the minimum and, and what is the level that you feel comfortable with as the Games Council? Well, the, the minimum is five, um, but uh, what we've done in, in our visit earlier this week was look at all the facilities, the damaged ones and the ones that aren't damaged so much, and we think that we could do six sports today if we had to in terms of the quality of the venues. I mean, there's the six sports could be housed in facilities that at the very most only need a very small amount of refurbishment. So they could host sporting events there today if they needed to. So we're looking at a 50% reduction in the sports program from 12 to 6. We're not really going to talk about which ones they, they are. It's just a way of getting the games costs down and then if the budget situation improves over the next two years we could look at possibly adding back in some of the ones that are not our top priority but uh, yeah five is the minimum you can do uh, for mini games and we think around six or so is is sufficient to get through this current uh, situation that they're facing. Is it important Andrew um, keeping in mind that obviously the mini games exist to allow you know smaller member associations to have the ability to host uh, the games and, and be a part of this sort of program in light of what happened in Tonga and in light of Super Typhoon U2 and, and various challenges that you seem to have every couple of years with, with uh, various uh, you know, venues and hosts, is it important to be flexible and ensure that um, you know, smaller member associations are given every opportunity to still see hosting a, a games or a mini games as something that's feasible? Yeah, that's exactly right and um I think one of the things that's worked in our favour this time is that when the CNMI won the rights to host the Games, it was a unanimous decision. They were the only country that were bidding. This is back in 2014. And what I think that was an indicator of was the fact that it was their time, it was their turn, and the region wanted to come uh, to Saipan uh, for the first time, they've not hosted the games before, so that's given us uh, quite a bit of flexibility in, in our um, dealings with the governor this week to be able to say we can we can scale this back uh, to meet your needs, um, given what's happened with the super typhoon, um, and it is important. We've stressed upon the, the governor and the community in Saipan that you know we're in Palau today. Looking at 2025, we have American Samoa also bidding for those games. There's some other uh, Pacific Island countries who have not hosted a mini games before who are starting to make contact with us about, you know, whether they step into 21 or look at games after 25. So 
for Saipan, it's a very important moment because the games, it's it's theirs for the taking for 21. And we said to them, we just can't tell you when games will come back if you can't deliver these ones because, you know, there's other countries out there that are bidding and lining up to host them. So uh, we want to be very, very flexible, but at the same time, it's a very timely opportunity for them to, to grab it. That's the Pacific Games Council Chief Executive, Andrew Minogue. Taking the helm of the Solomon Islands football team is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, according to new coach Wim Reisbergen. The 67-year-old, who's been the head coach of Indonesia and Trinidad and Tobago, played for the Netherlands at the 1974 and 78 World Cups, alongside footballing legend Johan Cruyff. He's signed a short-term deal with the Solomons until the end of the Pacific Games in July, in a deal brokered by the Netherlands Oceania Support Foundation, and says he was curious about football in Oceania. A couple of years ago, they rang me, but then I didn't have the time. They had somebody for Tuvalu, and also a Dutch, a Dutch coach who was very well-known here in Holland. So um, a couple of months ago, they rang me again, and, uh, and right now I'm ready to do this kind of things, you know, because uh, a couple of years ago, my wife passed away, so I thought I stopped with everything and, uh, and enjoy life. But this is an opportunity when they called me for a couple of months, and i never been to the Pacific Games, so for, for me, it's a, it's a great opportunity to do things I've never done before. I am traveling already for many, many years as a coach uh, all over the world, so um, I thought, why not? Your contract is just for up until the Pacific Games in Samoa, is that right? That's right, that's right, yes. Because that's, that's one of the things, because I, I don't want to sign long-term contracts anymore, because... Uh, I don't know how much time we have because I saw that I saw that with my wife and uh, I have grandchildren at home. So, but this was a beautiful opportunity for a couple of months, and maybe uh, after that we will see what happens because uh, I'm still fit, and this is this is something uh, once yes. in a lifetime. Yeah, and uh, of course there's um, you know we're, we're looking a little bit into the future, of course, but uh, Oceania is in 2026 going to have one guaranteed spot at the World Cup and there's still a chance that may be the That's case right. for, that may be the case for 2022 as well. That's right. Maybe who knows what what will happen, but I learned that I I don't want to look in the future, so I take everything by day and for the rest uh, this is wonderful to do and when the, these guys are coming over because the, the planning is and that's all in in the hands of the foundation. They uh, they want to have a, a training camp for a couple of weeks. In, in the Netherlands, and then they will go back to uh, the Solomon Islands, and from there to Samoa for the Pacific Games. How does the um, Netherlands Oceania Support Foundation, how, how do they work or work in with um, the Solomon Islands Football Federation? They've been there a couple of times, and as soon as there is, a, is an opportunity for a project, because everything has to be sponsored somewhere, because if this is not a job for uh, to, to make a lot of money. Eh? You, you have to you have to enjoy it, and and it's not it's not the money, because otherwise I would would have done other things. But this is this really uh, something where where you say, okay, what a great opportunity to do to get to know other people, to get to know uh, the, the football in in that part of the world. Because I've been working in 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 Chile, in South America, in with Leo Benacher in Trinidad Tobago. My last job a couple of years ago was Indonesia for a couple of years. So. 
I've been all over the world, and uh, and this is a part. So I thought, why not? Why not? And uh, how they get the foundation? How they get the money? Then you should talk to these guys because just recently they also put a, a, a lady coach uh, as a head coach of the the women football in uh, in the Cook Islands. So they've been working already for a couple of years um, in in that part of the world. What do you know about the Solomon Islands national team and their players? Have you? Have you come across them uh, previously in any way, and, and what have you learned since you've accepted no, because, this opportunity? Because it, now we, we just signed a contract last Saturday, so they will send me uh, some footage from some games because I know where it is, but I don't know because that's another thing. It will be also a surprise when the selection will come over because I don't make the selection. The selection is already made, and I will see what what we will have. And from there we start to work and, and maybe uh, improve improve the game. And we try to organize some uh, friendly games in the Netherlands. And then uh, hopefully there will be a good preparation on the way back to Solomon. And the guys from the foundation will try to uh, to organize another game or two uh, when we are back in the Solomon Islands. The, the interim coach of the Solomon's national team, uh, Moses Tawata, re- recently was in charge for, you know, they beat Vanuatu and then Chinese Taipei yes, uh, and, uh, in the last window. Yes. Will, will you be working with him or talking to him? Absolutely. No, absolutely, because that's one of the things, because I don't want to be the wise guy and to know everything for, about football. That's, I think, one of the nice things to do to improve the, the, the football and, and, and maybe... From my experience uh, as a player and as a coach, and for the rest, uh, what you try to do is um, to improve the, the, the coaching over there. There was a planning that I would come over to Taipei to see the game, but th- that's another thing. There was no budget to do so, so uh, they cancelled that. From there, we uh, we said, okay, let's see what happens when they, they come over here. And, of course, uh, hopefully... Uh, they can bring also the assistant coach or the, or the head coach at the moment. It's why not? And uh, would be great. And and they have a technical director, and that's a, a Spanish guy. So um, we will see. And um, Wim, obviously you had a long playing career, and I guess you're best known for your time with the, the Netherlands national team and, and, and obviously uh, World Cup appearances. Um, what, what What's the proudest memory for you of, of your playing career? I had, a, I had a wonderful career because uh, we signed a contract last week on Saturday in the final Stadium because it was organized by the foundation. And I played many, many years as a player in, in, in Feyenoord. And I had the, the great opportunity to play with the best players of the world because I, I, I have played with, with in, when I was in New York Cosmos, I played with Beckenbauer in, in the defense, with, with, with Pelé, Carlos Alberto. So I've been around and, of course, with the, with the best players in, the, in Holland, with Cruyff and as a player from the national team. And we had, of course, in, in, that, in the 70s, one of the best teams in the world. I was lucky to be a part of that. And, and, and uh, Wim, how would you describe your coaching style? Um, w- what sort of football can we expect you to bring to Solomon Islands? In Holland, and that's uh, most of the team here, and I was talking to the ambassador, he said, oh, we have to play total football. He said, okay, we can do that. If we have the players, we will do that. But, of course, we all play uh, very offensive football in Holland, but most of the teams play uh, 4-3-3, and I think that's still the best system, but it depends on, on the players you have and the quality of the players, because if you want to develop players, you have to give them a little bit freedom, Otherwise, you will have uh, all kind of robots playing on the, on the field. That's the Solomon Islands football coach, Wim Reisbergen.
The new head coach of the Fiji Women's Rugby League team says there's already a strong core of players he can call on ahead of the team's impending international debut. Former Queensland and Scotland forward Adrian Vowles was appointed by the Fiji National Rugby League earlier this month and will take charge of the team against the Papua New Guinea Orchids in June. The 47-year-old played professionally in Australia and the UK during the 1990s and early 2000s and says he's had a long-standing interest in the women's game. I sent a a message to a former playing colleague in James Prickering when I heard that the the Fiji women's team were going to play some games and also be in the World Cup in 2021. And then James uh, just passed on the message that I was keen and um, my background has been with uh, the Jillaroos and the Queensland women's side as well in the past. So And then lucky enough to, uh, to get the role, which is exciting times for me. Going forward, and how did you come to be involved in women's rugby league? I've always followed it. I I first started uh, watching it when I was in the UK. Actually, in two thousand, I watched the World Cup over there and sort of kept a kept an eye on things. And when I came back, uh, watched used to watch games at the in the in the Queensland comp, which was Brisbane South, were the main side that had all the jewelries. But I always uh, had a had a part in that. And then I got a a role with the Queensland women's side about four years ago as assistant coach and then, then become involved with the Jillaroos and head coach Steve Folks and then you know, coach Queensland a couple of years ago. So it's um, been a passion. It's certainly grown and particularly in the last two years. Indeed. And, you know, from a Pacific Island perspective, uh, P&G have, uh, I, I guess, led the way in recent years. The Orchids, they've regularly played against the Jillaroos up in Port Moresby and, and obviously along with the Cook Islands featured at the most recent World Cup. So, Perhaps you've worked with the likes of uh, Amelia Cook and you know some of those uh, um, PNG internationals that obviously have a background with the Jillaroos and, and in Queensland as well. Yeah, Amelia was in in my Queensland side, and she's a, not only a great player, she's a really really good person as well, and she's very passionate about women's rugby league and PNG. And for those that have been to PNG, you know it's their number one sport over there, so they're you know, they're really getting behind it and, and uh, breaking down some barriers as well, which is great. And uh, you know I think it'll be a Certainly a good contest for us when we take them on in June. Being involved with the Jillaroos and the Queensland team in the women's game, uh, a lot of players obviously throughout rugby league, men's and women's of Pacific Island heritage, there really is this this growing presence, this um, you know this growing pride for Pacific nations to represent themselves and have a um, you know a bigger influence and impact in the game. And I guess it's uh, pretty exciting to see both for the men and the women. Oh, it is. And I was just in, you know, in the last month over at Vanuatu on a holiday and. Just happened to be talking to people over there, with in, uh, involved in the rugby league, both women and men's, and it's it's the same there. You know, very exciting, starting to grow, getting a presence, you know, and that's what you want. You know, we don't want you know just Australia to be good or New Zealand to be good, or we want all these nations, both men and women, to to be successful and and make these these tournaments, um, you know, really really good tournaments and and where anyone can win. And I think that'll be certainly be uh, the case uh, in the women's game. And so Adrian, you put your hand up for the Fiji women's job. Uh, what what did you know about the players available? What did you know about the team? Because obviously the Barty have made three straight World Cup semi-finals in the men's game. The women weren't a part of the last World Cup. So did you did you know what you were potentially getting yourself in for? No, I, to be honest, I've, I've come in pretty blind and it's been uh, been great in the last few weeks trying to you know piece together getting learning names who's who who's playing where I knew of a number of players and obviously I um, had a bit to do with CJ Sims which Ruan Sims Australian captain um, is Fiji Heritage her brothers play for Fiji so I, I I made contact with them and talked to CJ and 
Ruan's um, won't be able to play with us, but um, I'll hopefully have her in camp to to give her words of wisdom to the team. So I knew of a few players, but yeah, a lot of it I've come, I've come in blind. Are there many players that were involved in the likes of the NRL women's competition last year that, that have Fijian heritage you're aware of? Yeah, there's a few actually. There's a few from Cronulla. Uh, there's a couple from Mounties in Sydney and there's a couple from North in Sydney as well. But we've got a couple of girls playing for Ipswich in the in the Queensland comp and um, and then CJ Sims plays for Tweed Heads in that same comp. So, you know, they're exposed to to that higher level rugby league, which is which is great, you know, and uh, and then obviously the girls coming in. There's a couple of girls from Fiji that are being in that are in the Warriors system going forward as well. So yeah, it's exciting. I'm really excited to because a lot of them I don't know of, haven't seen them play. So for me, I think that's really important because I'm just you know I don't have any bias there. I'm just I'll just see what how they go, how they play, and what uh, you know. What talent I have, which is it's really exciting. That's the Fiji Women's Rugby League coach, Adrian Valls, and that's the World in Sport for this week. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.